Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back into your contact center, improve your overall quality, improve the agent experience, and hopefully improve the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. Um, I'm the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600C call center outsourcer. Located here in now dreary, rainy, but 50-degree uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. So it's good to have everybody back. I am. Uh, I, I don't want to say I'm excited for this episode because I think it kind of undermines you know, my feelings for this. But for everyone who's, who has followed the podcast and, and all you know, 180 episodes, you know, there's been even the last year, year and a half, we have discussed the blockchain. We've just talked about NFTs. We have talked about you know, how the, the intersection of blockchain and CX kind of comes together. And while I have thoughts and theories on it, we have somebody with us that is actually doing it, uh, putting it into contact centers, thinking through processes, procedures on on how the blockchain will affect the contact center and, and customer experience in general. So without further ado, we have Shelly Ryan with us. Shelly, how are you? I am fabulous. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh no, I'm I'm excited to have you on. Um, I I want to give you here a, a minute or two to to kind of explain your company. Um, you know, maybe even give the website. Talk about the things that you've yeah. done, and and let's talk about some some blockchain things and and affecting the the customer experience. You got it. Well, let me rewind it slightly back in 2019. I'm flying back on a plane um, from London. I was at a at a C suite meeting. And we're trying to solve for omni-channel because, I mean, as we all know, it doesn't work like we all say it does as marketers, right? So I'm on this plane. I'm going, man, I think that blockchain could actually link all of the channels together so there's no friction and there's no issues. I got home, made a couple calls. And in the next few days, I spun up a company called the CX Blockchain Institute. And we are the worldwide authority to implement blockchain in the CX environment. And what does that mean? Well, we simplify blockchain implementation. We create well-defined differentiators for call centers who are trying to find that edge of why, how we make ourselves different. And then we have a pretty unique certification program that is very similar to PCI compliance, where we come back and we certify the implementation of that blockchain in call center and every year they get that certification renewed as a differentiator. So we're here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we um, are at the uh, Harry Reid Technology Park. That's where we're located. And our website is cxblockchain.org, where everyone can find our uh, market intel research report that we started in 2019, where we take the pulse of CX 
on their implementation, their appetite, and some of the pain points that could be solved with blockchain. Awesome. So let's let's talk about some of the things that you just kind of unpacked there, and, and let's start really basic, right? Yep. So um, everybody has, if you've listened to this podcast, if you are into any kind of technology whatsoever, right? You you you've heard the term blockchain. You may have a, a kind of general understanding. I think there's a ton of misconceptions, right? Over you know, the actual underlying technology, because we do talk about crypto and we, we confuse things with NFTs and we forget that all those are laying on top of this actual technology that is the blockchain. Can you just, in your kind of you know, words, talk about the blockchain, maybe give kind of your definition of it, and then maybe how it, how it can really relate to, to CX and to, to contact centers? Yeah. And a lot of folks uh, apply blockchain to the crypto conversation and mm-hmm. we're totally right. not doing that. So I wanted to say that up front. If we could think about blockchain as a series of um, data blocks and every block of data has a certain volume to which it gets full. And when the block of data is full, then the chain makes another block of data. And then when that gets full, it gets another block of data. All of those blocks of data are then linked together to form a block chain. So that's as simple as I can make it. But ultimately, it is a registry that is unchangeable. It is one that is transparent. And it's one that can take different forms of data, different processes and different applications onto it. So it's a one throat to choke. And as as you might imagine, as I thought through how to fix omnichannel, it was a logical answer to how do we fix um, omnichannel for good. Yeah. So let's talk about that omnichannel thing. So w- when you, you know, are, are, are looking through that, you know, how does that have it have an impact, right? So are you saying um, we could have, you know, data from a CRM, but I guess kind of explain when you say omnichannel, Mm-hmm. Uh, when it when it relates to the blockchain, just go go a little bit deeper on that because um, I have a couple questions on that too because I think that's that's an the the absolute perfect use case for this. Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit of a story on an implementation that we've done recently through the SK Weston company. Um, they are our partner to help think through how we implement and how we um, right size improve CX. This is a retail bank. And they had friction in their channels. Um, They had, because of different uh, acquisitions, they had customer data over here, customer data over there. Um, All the relationships were spread across multiple systems. Very hard to have a very consistent CX delivery. In comes blockchain. And the blockchain registry collects all the information into a single location, just like I mentioned before, that that chain has all the data in one area where it's very easy to access, therefore decreasing the friction in the channels, but also increasing the customer experience and the CSAT scores. So all of that um, from a retail environment, uh, CRM, uh, workforce management, uh, some of the agent pops, all of that, again, was put on the blockchain. And as a result, this is pretty amazing, right? 22% increase in CSAT scores, 35% reduction in average handle time, and then 42% increase in self-service resolution rates. Because again, once you have the data, you can solve the problem. Yeah. And it's just, it's so easy to to access, right? Over, over multiple 
multiple layers of, 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 again, you're right. I could see, you know, so many banks purchase other banks and there's so much data that is out there to be able to kind of mainstream that on the blockchain for easy access for agents, for self-service. And, you know, the, the one thing, even in our pre-talk here, we didn't really talk about the security aspect, right? And I think, you know, that, that's probably a really big piece of, of this as well. Yeah, let me forward. Um, I was going to get some data on that because we did, uh, as I mentioned, a market intel study. We just concluded a 22 uh, study, which can fa- be found on our website at cxblockchain.org. And hey, security is at the tippy top of the list to say this is a pain point that we think blockchain can fix for us. Get the right um, data to the right agent at the right time. In fact, 36% of those that we surveyed said we need right data to agents. And then 27% said, give me consistent omni-channel. But compliance and data security was right up there for um, those of us who are like you, like BPOs. We asked them and they said um, governance and compliance and data security, 22% of them said that's their top yeah. number one factor in deploying blockchain. Yeah, I mean, nobody can make a mistake. But if you are an outsourced vendor from the contact center world and you're dealing with you know, with us, with financial information, with insurance information, with HIPAA compliance data, with PCI compliance, you, we can't make one mistake. If you make one mistake, first of all, that that you lose that client. That word gets out. You could lose, you lose the business. So... You know, security for us by far is is the the main thing, and and I think for me that's a huge plus for for blockchain usage for sure. Well, for BPOs in particular, and for your audience, I do feel like blockchain is a differentiator. Um, look, a lot of the brands are looking at blockchain now, and if we think through the business aspect of that, if the brand, the captive call center, is going to be implementing blockchain. Why the heck do they need the BPOs, right? So it would be it would be becoming of the BPOs to already be ahead of the brands to implement blockchain and say, look, we got it. Let outsource your your work to us because we're secure, we're consistent with our omni-channel, and we're delighting and in increasing uh, NPS scores. So we got to get ahead of the brands implementing it. I mean, from a from a BPO community, we yeah. have to implement it. Otherwise, why, why do they outsource their stuff to us? They could, quite frankly, be self-service and brand captive call center. And I'm not I'm not threatening, but I'm just saying it, I, I could see it happening. Yeah, there are, there are a bunch of different brands that are that are implementing blockchain now in a variety of different areas from accounting to smart contracts to supply chain to logistics. I don't want the call center to be left behind in that regard. And that's why I started the business and, and really being on this show to give awareness as to how that could play out in a call center environment. Shelly, not to get, again, 30,000 foot view, stay super high level here. How, how does that look? So I'm a BPO. I come to you and say, hey, listen, I have whatever, 35 clients. And, yep. you know, we, we want to create our own private blockchain. Again, not getting into the the programming aspect of this, but, you know, high level, like what do those conversations look like to start thinking that process through if you are a BPO and you're looking to say, hey, I want to at least put my toe into this and figure out how do I get involved with this or how do I start to utilize the technology? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And we tried to keep it pretty simple, four or five steps. So it's very similar, um, Tom, to the transformation audits that BPOs are already doing now for digital transformation to insert um, speech analytics or predictive analytics or AI or machine learning, all of that. Very similar to that. So we'll come on site 
and we'll do an audit. It takes typically two to three months to fully integrate everything, um, depending on a number of sites. If you're a TP, probably can take a little bit longer. Right. If you're a 600 seat um, call center, it could take a little less. Then we report out and we say, hey, we looked at um, the IVR, the w, WFM, the uh, workforce, uh, the CRM, all of those applications. And here's where we think we can make a difference with blockchain here, here, and here. And if we're presenting to the CFO, CEO, or the board, they're going to go here, 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 please do that. We bring in our implementation specialists like StrongBlock and some other software companies in Silicon Valley. They code it for us. They do the physical coding. And then while they're doing that, um, we do some education, right? We concurrently do education. So as I might have mentioned previously, uh, I implemented RPA within a pretty big uh, BPO, $22 billion BPO, by the way, um, up, down, and sideways within their environment and then cascaded out to their clients. What we found, Tom, was that sometimes when you get to the mid-market, mid-tier staffer, they get really freaked out that technology will take their job away. So that Mm -hmm. education piece is pretty important to say, hey, we're going to tell you what blockchain is, what it isn't, how your job may be affected, maybe it won't be, but here are the guidelines, here are the bumpers, and here's how you sell it. Here's how you sell it to your team. Here's how you sell it to your clients. So all that education is happening while we're implementing blockchain. And then when it's done, and then when it's done, we come back and we say, okay, let's just make sure that you complied to everything we did and implemented about a two or three months after that, we'll go back and make sure it's all in compliance. And we'll ask the brand or we'll ask the BPO, now is your time to be a differentiator. Do you want to certify yourself? If they say yes, then our audit specialists come in and, and do the check marks of did they do everything that we asked them to do? And if they did, then they're CX blockchain ready certified. And we know that some of these procurement guys that are pushing out RFIs, RFPs are now adding CX blockchain certification in addition to PCI compliance, PCI certified, ISO and the like. So it's pretty simple just to conclude audit, implementation, training, and then certification. Pretty simple steps. Super simple. Yeah. No, I like I, I like it. I think uh, let me ask you this too, because from an from an agent perspective, right? From a yep. call center perspective, um, I have these tools right now, right? So let's let's just take like my call center, right? We're we're on the nice CX one platform. We have interaction yep. analytics. We have yep. you know their WFM platform. I have you know multiple. Um, clients that maybe have their own CRM, Zoho, Zendesk, Salesforce. Um, how does the the agent experience look? Then is this is this for for everybody listening? Is this all kind of on the back end that would then feed into that, or or how, how does that kind of I guess that look from from kind of the agent the, the front end agent experience? I I could imagine that the agent pops would be reduced. That you'd have maybe one, two, maybe three max, or maybe you have one consolidated, but largely it's on the back end, but whatever is in the back end um, ultimately gets to the front end because yeah. Now, yeah, because now the agent doesn't have to go here, here, and here. She's going here uh, because it's all on the registry. And we've seen that in multiple um, instances where it's cutting down their time. It is yeah. cutting down the handle time. I mean, seriously, when you're, when you're talking about, repeat your name, repeat your social security number, repeat this, repeat that. I mean, it gets a little bit uh, 
full of friction there because yeah. you're going, man, I, I wrote that all that in, I told you about it. And now you're asking me to repeat my name again. Yeah, no, right, right, right. And listen, I, I didn't mean to, to laugh on the, on the ease of it. I think I was more like, yeah, I mean, I think that this, this really could be implemented. Yeah. Um, you know, in that the thought process of it is, you know, once I think you, that you, somebody would come and talk to you and kind of have that discussion as we're kind of having this real high level of, of taking, you know, multiple data sources and, and, and creating kind of that almost that single plane of glass in our world, right? Even from a user experience, you know, you and I talked to pre-call, you know, of course, everybody, like if you're on an, if you are on any kind of call center podcast, you know, in the last six weeks, you have to talk about AI or like they, you're automatically banned, right? Or yep. nobody listens. So, <laughs> you know, and, and right. again, I, I think, you know, there is some really good kind of merging of technologies here too. It, it, it this does not seem like a, this or that. Um, but again, anything that's, that's kind of helping that agent experience and helping that customer experience become faster. And then, you know, maybe even there is that merge of AI with that blockchain to kind of do some of those, those, those tasks. Yeah. Let me talk about merging of technology. Since you introduced the subject, I do feel like there is a, uh, a tipping point between all of these great technologies, machine learning, RPA, blockchain, metaverse, AI, com- conversational AI and the like. I do feel like we have to come to to a centering point of a hub and then the spoke of the variety of, of technologies that are fed into the hub. And I feel like the hub could, could be that blockchain registry. So for example, if you say I have a 600 seat uh, BPO and I have nice and I have some others, you've got quite a few vendors that you have to herd the cats on, right? Well, blockchain can help bring everybody in through an API and they're feeding into blockchain the registry to keep them all accountable but also that you don't you're not held hostage by that third party vendor right you own it you know you yeah you right, right. it's yours can you can you talk about i know you gave a couple awesome examples i think that that's really interesting can you give a couple maybe brands that you've seen that have come into the space that have kind of utilized the technology and maybe a couple you know use cases that that they used it for yeah, I mean, big brands are getting into this. J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Walmart, uh, FedEx, a lot of the art-related uh, com- companies that aren't coming to my mind right now. But uh, again, they're just trying to find that they can um, have one one source of truth that everything is in the sunshine. And so, for example, if we would have had blockchain up and running like I'm talking about now, we probably would have lesser supply chain issues um in in the pandemic and, and not not to interrupt you but you're absolutely right that's one of the biggest use cases yeah. that that i've seen is is the logistics standpoint yes and and because that thing is is so un, unwieldy is that the right way unwieldy unwildly you know it's unwieldy um <laughs> that, to have, that to have that that one set of books yes um, that can, can make a huge difference. I, I mean, I think that's a huge use case for sure. Well, let me back it back to CX now, right? So logistics is very much tied into CX because it's like, hey, I ordered a sofa. It's coming from China. When is it coming? And you call the call center and they go, man, I don't know because we don't have updated logistics. It could have been on the registry in two seconds. Sally, the um, call center agent can say, oh, you know, Ms. Ryan, so sorry, your so- your sofa's in Michigan and it's going to be there for four weeks. I mean, at least I would know where my sofa is, right? Yeah. So I think that that supply chain um, and logistics 
connected to the CX um, call center knowledge base is instrumental. And we, and we, we experienced that pain point through pandemic hell. I really do think that we have a lot of lessons that we could learn from that, especially BPOs. And and not to get, and again, we're not going to go down the the NFT world here, but you know, from a smart contract standpoint, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the, the, the use cases in, in just reading about this too is, is even taking it a little simpler, right? And, and tell me if I'm totally crazy, but you know, there's kind of those if then statements to get paid. Like, let's say I'm I'm getting, yeah, I don't know, no, everybody's cut the cord, so probably satellite TV is a bad example. But let's just say that we're all still using Direct TV, and you know, you could have something in the smart contract that basically says if if this thing gets installed on the 31st, you pay me, you know, twenty two dollars a month. If it gets installed after, it goes to eighteen and you know, I mean, those those type of that's a horrible example, I'm sure. But you kind of get the idea of, you know, these kind of anything that you can put into a contract that then you can put on the blockchain. And and I think that's the we 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 think about smart contracts and we think about NFTs and we we think about, again, all the, the board apes and, and JPEGs. And it, it gets this convoluted thing when we don't realize that that first layer of, of, of having the smart contract that then goes into the blockchain that then we can then access to see where things are to have if then statements that that companies will make and, and can vouch by their products, um, I think is, is another really important CX kind of point. Well, and I think you bring up a good issue with smart contracts and how do you map it back to CX? So I'll give you another good example, right? So we don't want to have the contact center as a cost center, right? We want to be a profit center. And oftentimes we are asked to upsell, cross-sell, Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure people don't attrit on their subscriptions. You make a very good case for if we have if then statements uh, for smart contracts on the blockchain, an agent at the ready can say, hey, look, because it pops up. It says this, this, this. Um, you are eligible for an NFT that's worth whatever. Um, do you want to stay or could you stay as a loyal customer? I think that that could really affect mm-hmm. some of the NPS scores that we're seeing today. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really cool a really cool use case. And again, I mean, I, I've talked in, and everybody knows how I feel about NFTs and, and, and again, not, not to get into that conversation, but I think that there are when used properly in the future with the blockchain, with smart contracts, the utility of, of some of the things that brands are going to come up with from a customer experience standpoint then, or from a loyalty standpoint, um, I think will be a little revolutionary. There's just, there's right now, as, as you and I talk, there's just so much friction and so much kind of worry about, you know, people dealing with wallets and, and kind of the, so again, that's why the blockchain, I think in its, its purest sense is still extremely relevant because that technology is here right now. And it's things that we could be utilizing right now without having to think about these other things that I think have totally kind of convoluted the, the story. Well, just to bring it home, here are the three areas where I see CX blockchain helping to affect call center operations. One is streamlining operations. That's big, 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 Mm -hmm. right? Two is data security compliance. And then three is productivity of the agents, which really maps back to number one. All of those three make a very healthy BPO slash CX captive call center. And look at the end of the day, it's about the numbers. Are we, are we generating revenue or are we going backwards? And blockchain can help you move forward three steps instead of going one, 1.5 in these really uncertain times when folks in brands are recoiling, not outsourcing as much. They're not putting together a lot of the um, technology projects that they thought they were going to do in 2023 because of 
uncertain times, they're saying, yeah, we're going to hold off on doing that implementation to 2024. Now yeah. is the time. Now is the time. And blockchain could be one of those pretty instrumental uh, projects. They move forward. What is the, uh, what is the friction or, or what is the, again, I'm not looking for, for actual costs or anything like that, but d- d- does a brand or BPO, do they have to be super technologically advanced? Is there a specific programming set? You know, how, how easy is this to implement? And, and can you kind of just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's like a black box and you pop it in. I mean, it's pretty easy. Like I said, it's a, it's exactly the same language that they're doing for their clients, right? The the transformation audit, uh, audit and then implementing the audit and then ensuring that the audit uh, components are mm-hmm. met. And maintenance on blockchain is probably, you know, every six months we'll take a look at it. It's like, hey, do we need to retune it? We would add things to the registry, that sort of thing. But as we mentioned uh, pre-call, this is also an opportunity to help with the agent community as well as those who are, are down downwind of the site director. What I mean by this is that blockchain could quite frankly be a pretty good career path for them mm-hmm. saying, hey, now we need a QA in the CX blockchain or hey, we need a CX blockchain specialist to help us with the maintenance and such. So I could imagine that it could be a pretty good um, upsell to your agent community to be loyal, because as, as you know, and as I know, it's really hard to find good talent out there right now in these uncertain times. Yeah. I mean, we, we just kind of made the joke, and I don't know if this is a joke or people will yell at me or get I'll get hate mail from this, but it's, it's almost easier right now to find an engineer than it is a really good call center rep with where we are economy-wise and with layoffs and with some of those things right now. It's 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 definitely interesting. Question, yeah. yep. question for you on uh, – can you talk about maybe the future a little bit and, and maybe start with, you know, it, 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 where does the metaverse kind of come into play when it, when it comes to CX? I mean, everybody talks about, you know, that that's another thing that has just totally flopped or failed, which I, I just keep saying we, we are the internet of 1994. We are so early in all of this stuff that we can't make judgments on any of this. And I know brands are starting to really make huge investments into the metaverse can you kind of just talk about the, the 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 meeting of CX, the blockchain, and the metaverse, and and then maybe you know next question we'll talk about the future where you see things five to ten years. But can you just kind of talk more metaverse right now? Yeah, in fact, I I penned an opinion piece about CX, blockchain, and metaverse, and how they might be um, a one-two punch, a, a combo, if you will. Mm-hmm. A metaverse is quite frankly a retread of virtual reality back in the nineties. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I, I think we've been there, done that. It's just a little bit of a tweak, a little bit of a pivot on it. I'm making it better and different, but what blockchain does to it is it secures that environment. I can't tell you how many stories we read is some chick goes into a virtual bar on the metaverse and she gets attacked. Like, well, you wouldn't do that in downtown Philadelphia. Now, would you, right. <laughs> so you kind of have to have the same, um, common sense as you do in the real world, as you do in the virtual world. But I also say, I, I just flew back from South, South Africa on a plane um, out of Heathrow and had delightful conversation. I'm going to get to the point quickly with a software executive who is applying um, blockchain to gaming as it relates to the metaverse. And this is a customer experience, interesting case study, right? So kid gets all of his armor, his hat, his sword is whatever from Fortnite. He decides, man, I spent a thousand bucks there. Mom says to shut it down, shuts it down. You got all these accessories and you Mm -hmm. can't get to them, but you can store them on the blockchain for when you go to your other game and you bring back your sword and your, and your hat and your this and that. 
And he says that is going like wildfire in the UK pending regulations. But that's just one example of how blockchain can secure metaverse in a real time application through the um, use of gaming. Yeah, that's no, that's awesome. Because I mean, I, I've always thought of it that I don't know why Fortnite is not like all of those swords and helmets and, and skins, why they're not NFTs, right? That I mean, yeah. I'm sure that that is coming so that you could buy them. I don't want them anymore. Go sell them to somebody who does want them. But I love that use case too, to be able to take the kind of intra game yep. um, things into, into other, th- that's really cool. But also it all, it also blends into what we were talking previously is those crypto wallets, right? Um, as we know, a lot of the governments are, are leaving cash, going to digital currencies. Nigeria's done it. Um, the Fed's doing a quick pilot, eight-week pilot to determine if we want to take U.S. into digital currency. I have an opinion, but I'll park that for a minute. Right. One of the things that's the problem is that kids are going to have these crypto wallets. And uh, could you imagine where they're using mom's credit card to yeah. buy their hat with a crypto wallet and they enter the wrong digit. And then all of a sudden they got to call into the call center and the agent goes, man, I have no, I don't know how to work a crypto wallet. So blockchain can physically put that um, uh, knowledge base FAQs right into the into the blockchain so that Sally call center agent can figure out how to get Sam's wallet back. And I think you make a really good point, too. That's been a huge issue, right? That's Mm -hmm. been a huge issue of. And again, this is it's very difficult to differentiate and we need to differentiate the the and I've said it like 12 times already, the under the underlying technology. But, you know, the, the friction to get onto the blockchain for some of these other use cases, right, with when it comes to crypto, when it comes to NFTs, when it comes to even even the smart contract world, like those have been the the real issue of, of some of the you know, why we've not seen this really blow up more. But it's just going to take one. It's just gonna, there's going to be like a chat GPT experience right where somebody's going to just figure it out from from the blockchain standpoint and and then we're gonna we're gonna start talking about that and the jet chat gpt will go in the background for like you know three weeks but i I think it's something like that's going to happen as well well i was gonna say if i were a bpo executive what i would do is this is i would take 100 seats in one of my sites and do a pilot on blockchain say hey look put this site on the blockchain let's see how it goes and then if that site is overperforming or um, performing, then you bring on other sites, not all the sites at once, because that might inundate IT and so so on and so forth. I would recommend a phased approach. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing that in South um, South America, where there's a Latin um, call center, uh, a series of call centers where they want to take one location and then another location and then another location. I think that's a smart way to do it, to implement it and to introduce it into the CX environment and BPO. Because look, at the end of the day, um, BPOs are fantastic at using other folks's uh, technology to bring into their environment and you know resell it, white label it, whatever you have. Uh, I feel like there has to be um, an IP that they own and that blockchain registry could be that where they own it so that they have some skin in the game for accountability on QBRs. Do you see any of the, and this is, I've, we've not talked about this, so you could just tell me to shut up if this is a bad question, or again, I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about like competing things because what you guys are doing is amazing. But I mean, do you see eventually, you know, a, a Genesis or a nice CX1 or a 5.9 or or somebody really putting some investment into this to, to try to, you know, kind of, I don't know, get their customers kind of thinking this way as well? Or have you not really seen that yet? We've had we've had multiple conversations with names you've just mentioned where we would be the engine of their set yep. 
uh, effort because we're already doing it, but we yeah. would be white labeled into their environment. I'm not going to say any names because yeah. that was silly, but um, here's the point. Yes. The answer is yes. They know it's there. They know they need to do it. Um, it's just a matter of time, but they don't want to put resources towards it to try to figure it out and R and D it. We already did it. So why reinvent the wheel? We're the worldwide authority. Why not? Why not leverage us and our phone rings all the time with those guys? Yeah. And, and they're, they're, I mean, it's a smart business model. They're, they're famous for that. Right. I mean, even when, when it came to chatbots, it, it would be, it's crazy for them to create their own. Right. So they just kind yes. of, everybody stayed agnostic. So be yep. because there's specific ones for financial services and now, you know, this, you know, so no, I, I get that. I think that that, that totally makes sense. And I, I prefer that model as well, because that is a kind of a la carte for me, right. To go and, and, and say, I can kind of pick and choose, you know, if, if, if I want yes. to do this in my, in my BPO. Um, but then obviously that's cool too, because you, you would have pre-built integrations and some things mm-hmm. would already be in place. So that's, that's very interesting to hear. I'm, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I just wanted to kind of, um, ask you about that too. Hey, let's talk about the really weird, like it gets super crazy. Um, nothing is, is, is kind of, uh, Limits. um, you can say anything you want, but let's talk about the future. Like, let's say near future, like five, 10 years, and then maybe kind of even a little bit beyond that. But where, where do you see this technology as, as specifically as it relates to customer experience and, and how would, how do you see this evolving and turning into something obviously more than it is today? Yeah. So near and dear to my heart is free speech and censorship. And I could imagine that all the publishing that we have today on the internet would be on a blockchain register so that if someone says, uh, I'm going to make this up because this didn't happen in 2020, um, that uh, presidential elections were rigged. That's a statement that is a freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And that that particular statement is censored. Well, on the blockchain, it wouldn't be censored because it mm-hmm. is part of the data that is then in the blockchain. So I could imagine blockchain being a part of free speech, publishing, um, so it's like decentralized speech instead of a decentralized yeah. Yeah, crypto or yeah, monetary exactly. And here's the thing. It, once it's on the blockchain, the government can't change it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I, I, and I'm really, I'm really anti-corruption. So um, that, that would be one use case scenario. The other use case scenario is this, that they blend um, conversational AI and blockchain to include technology, but at moments notice bring in a, a human to, make some sense out of it, but put it back on the blockchain. So folks like um, interactions from uh, the Boston area, they're already doing conversational AI, right? They're a technology company, but combined with blockchain, I think it makes a lot of sense to continue to streamline some of those conversations so that there's more um, efficiencies as well as uh, cost efficiencies there. I could also see it as part of um, more of the, metaverse, but I don't think that metaverse is going to survive. I I truly don't think we've been there, done that. I think it's going to be a pretty heavy lift, but something like a virtual reality could be in the works. I just, I don't think that metaverse is where it's going to stop. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm so excited to, again, I think I was shook to my core, you know, with, and again, I was AI, um, you know, over the last even year, it wasn't in your face, right? A lot of it was on the yeah. back end, like looking at workforce intelligence and workforce management and speech analytics and, yeah. you know, it, improving these tools. And then again, not to say that chat GPT is going to total revolutionize, but it, 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 it just put light bulbs in everybody's head on, on where this thing could go. So 
you know, my, my head then said, all right, we have to stay relevant, right. As a business. And, and we've been trying to get into these tools. Um, and I think this is, you know, speaking to you is, I don't know, this has been kind of cathartic for me because <laughs> I, I, I really Long want mail. <laughs> to, or, or self-affirming, right. Like yeah, that kind right. of, because I, I really, and, and if any, again, it, I've talked so much about this in, in kind of use cases and to really hear it from the hardcore uh, business use case, not like yeah. you could do it for a couple of these projects and programs and it could be, but to really have it almost redefine what you do as a, as a contact center, what it, even as a business um, for BPO is, is really, really interesting. And, and I think it's something everybody's got to start to talk about more. Well, we appreciate you bringing us on so that we could talk about it more. I think there's a lot of education that needs to be had yep. in the BPO environment just so that they understand it's not a scary thing. It's actually a good thing. It's not a heavy lift. It's an easy lift. And it does affect your bottom line. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. All right. But before I let you go, is there anything? Can can you just maybe give where people can find your company again? Throw your website up. Um Make sure that you follow Shelly on LinkedIn. There's a ton of, of blockchain and, and kind of CX. And again, guys, everybody knows there's not a lot of this. There's not a lot of people talking yet about how the blockchain and how these newer technologies are affecting customer experience um, w- without talking about crypto, without talking about really kind of all this kind of you know second tier, third layer stuff on top of it. So make sure you follow her. Make sure you follow the company. But Shelly, if you want to give maybe a shout out to, to your social stuff. Um, we can get that stuff out there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would encourage everyone to go to our website at cxblockchain.org and download our market intelligence report that'll show them how folks like you are using blockchain and then uh, in what areas it affects change. I think that's the most important place that they could go. Yeah, and then before we go here, I just want to show this too. So, you know, Jacob said, you know, it's been really difficult to understand how to interact with new technologies in the CX, whether it's AI, blockchain. You know, glad we're having this conversation today. And and Shelly, we need to uh, we need to have more of this conversation. Like, you need to come on maybe later this year for sure. I'd love to hear more, you know, real world use cases. And then, you know, I'm sure even I may be talking to you too about you know some of the things that we're doing here um, because I think that this is for real. This isn't like Hey, let's just try it out. Maybe it goes away. This isn't going away. This no. is this is a, a revolutionary technology that can really expand what we're doing from a CX standpoint. Yeah, I appreciate the shout out from Jacob and thanks for having us on. And I'll also say that I'll, we'll have updated figures um, for 2023 for the market Intel, probably May or March. I have a speaking engagement that I want to dust it off. So yeah, feel feel free to invite me back anytime. All right, Shelly, thank you guys so much. And hey, everybody, I will talk to all of you next week.